Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 379. Today's guest is sharing with you how to have a resilience mindset and four steps to stay forward focused and keep going. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Courtney Shock. Courtney, welcome. Hi. Um, please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? So my name is uh, Courtney Shock. Obviously, I currently live in Ohio. I just uh, moved back from Nicaragua in Latin America, Dang. and I am an airline pilot. I am a nonprofit owner um, or founder, and I am also a book author, amongst other things. And the reason we got connected, this was several weeks ago, but I posted on Facebook, and I just I reached out to my network, and I was like, "Does anybody know?" a professional pilot, because I would love to talk about course correction, because something I've heard for years is that pilots, it's, it's that constant, you know, three millimeter, just constant tiny shifts change to get to where you want to go. So can you help give more background on, on what it is like to be a pilot and kind of a metaphor for life on this whole course correction? Sure. So, I mean, as a, as a pilot, we, typically like to think that we're prepared before a flight. You know, we check out the weather and we check out the conditions and the airplane and we try and make the best plan possible with the information that we have at the time. And once we're off the ground and sometimes unexpected things happen before we even get off the ground, but once we're off the ground and we start going towards our destination, things can pop up, you know, weather can pop up and we have to deal with that. Or the winds may be different than what we forecast, or maybe we have a mechanical issue, or maybe there's a rowdy passenger in the back. I mean, there's just a million things that could happen. And with each thing that happens, we assess and we sort of realign. So when we talk about the three millimeters to get back on courses, oftentimes it's being able to anticipate what is going to happen. So if we are paying attention and being mindful of what's happening around us and also inside of us too, we can start to say like, Hey, we're going a little bit off course. We need to make this correction. Um, and, and that's pretty much what it is. And the tiniest corrections are easier than not paying attention and getting way off course, you know, and having to make these big shifts back and forth. And so it's really just about being, mindful and um, making these small, small corrections for unexpected events that we didn't necessarily plan for to get us to where it is that we want to go. Well, and I love that analogy, but if we think about it in real life terms or perspective, when people get way off course, you know, it's those little bit of self-doubt, a little bit of feelings of unworthiness, but then that piles on and creates so much momentum that gets us way off course. So rather than having to, you know, go through 
crazy things like a bankruptcy or a huge divorce or other negative things in our life, how can we do these daily 1% corrections? Just, a, you know, just shift back on, realign when we feel like we've fallen off. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, I want to offer you some additional resources. Check out my website, heatherhakes.com and take the free life assessment. This is a great tool to take inventory in life where you're feeling in alignment and abundant and where you're simply feeling stuck, stressed out, or as someone recently emailed me, completely ruining their life. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. Again, check out my website, heatherhakes.com and click on course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one coaching. I will teach you what has taken me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn in which you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free strategy call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. I think it comes back to being really honest and seeing things for how they are and not making them worse and not making them better. It's always the goal to get to where it is that we want to go. And, And sometimes we don't make it right because the universe has a different plan for us. But I think that what's most important is that we stay mindful and we set rituals too. So we can pay attention because there's so many external um, distractions, so to speak, that if we're not listening to ourselves and our intuition, um, we can just get super far off course. And I don't think that it's too difficult as long as we're paying attention. And I think so many of us just simply don't pay attention. And before we know it, like you said, we're deep in debt or we've let a relationship get completely off course. And now it's, you know, the relationship has been deteriorating and had we been paying attention, it's not just one thing that happens. It's a series of things that happen that end up like knocking us off course in real life. So I think just being mindful and making the corrections will keep us going in the direction that we want to go. It's consistency. I think consistency is the key. I I would definitely agree. And a a term you you keep bringing up is mindful. And so I I guess that in, in Heather speak, when I use that in other podcasts or terms, it's about being a conscious creator or how Dr. Joe Dispenza teaches about conscious and unconscious. And and so rather than falling off track because you weren't being honest, you weren't being mindful, you weren't paying attention, don't let yourself go unconscious. And what I mean by that is autopilot going through life's motions. I've done this, I've experienced it and, and I don't want that unconscious lifestyle ever again. But a word you you used was rituals. So I would love to hear what are your, are these daily rituals? Are they something you do each morning? So I, my rituals are when I wake up, the first thing I say before my feet hit the floor is how many extraordinary ways can I show up for myself and others today? That's the first thing that I do is it's just, I just get to my mindset I use a lot of like positive language. I'm really big on language. I think that the way that we verbalize 
um, it, we can either use empowering language or disempowering. So the first thing I do is I just wake up and I, I set the tone. Typically, I'll either do a run or do a spin class, and then I'll come back and also take a few minutes to meditate and just really gather myself. I try and find an hour every morning just to focus on getting my brain and my body right. And that seems to set up um, the ability to sort of conquer or win or make those shifts throughout the day much easier. And I, cause I feel like I've done something good for myself and because I've taken care of myself first, I can take care of other things that come up in my day and, and be all that I can be for others. Have you always done this? No, right. not. <laughs> yeah. No. So where did you learn this from or what life experiences did you have to step back and, and have this morning ritual to get your head your head right. I totally agree. It was, I would say I would dabble in it throughout the years. And once I, I joined the Tony Robbins space, um, back in 2017, maybe even 2016 and was really able to sort of, um, put things together a little bit more. And he provided a lot of great ideas as did some other people that, you know, I read their books or listened to podcasts or watch videos, but eventually I started to see the benefit of putting myself first, that it's really, really important, you know, everything from my eating to my physical body. And it just all made sense. And I started when I, like we said earlier, like being more mindful. And I was like, okay, the days that I'm maybe really cranky or um, really agitated. What, what was missing from my day that like days that I've performed better, what, what, what was included in those days? And it always comes back to doing something physical with my body or staying really hydrated. That's important too. I just think better and, um, and, med- and meditating and asking myself more empowering questions. So I just, I had to condense that those couple of things into a routine. Um, but it hasn't always been that way. And sometimes, I mean, I'm human, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll get off pattern and I'll think, well, okay, what it's that three millimeter shift, right. We're talking like on course. So I'll get off course and I'll say like, okay, what have I not been doing? And I'm like, oh, I haven't been like doing one of these, you know, three or four things. So. And I think in summary, that makes me think of you're very intentional with how you mm-hmm. spend your time, your thoughts, your body, you're very intentional. I try to be, and I, I'm 47. And I think that within the last 10 years, I've become more intentional with how I spend my time, the people I surround myself with, because time is limited, you know, and I want to make the most of it and how I spend my time and who I surround myself with are are very, very important. Something you shared with me, you're extremely passionate about the underdog, rooting for the underdog. And I'd like you to share as much as you'd like, but you know, this whole, a lot of people get wrapped up in their story, who they were, where they come from. And they, they just, that's their identity. But I loved how you said to own your story. Don't let it own you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a time where I was uh, up until just the last few years, I was very um, ashamed 
of my past and where I came from, uh, being in a primarily male-dominated industry as an airline captain, there's sort of this, you know, box you feel like you have to fit into. And as I slowly started sharing a little bit of my story, um, they, it, some people were like, wow, like it's really empowering. You should share this. And I found some courage and uh, just a little bit about my backstory. I, I grew up in an abusive family, dropped out of high school, single parent. As a teenager, uh, put, made ends meet by being a stripper. And I eventually got my GED and I had a tremendous fear of flying. And one day I thought there's gotta be more to life. And I found a coupon that took a flight lesson, fell in love with it. Um, never thought that I could ever be a professional pilot. Maybe it would just be something fun to do. And um, I, I had gotten married by that, that point in time and had another child. I remember telling my husband like how exciting and how I just could for once in my life, like see something better than what I was doing. And he was not supportive. So I ended up uh, divorcing him and pursuing this passion on my own. And, and that's and get, got my master's, my bachelor's and my master's degree and became a flight instructor to teach other people how to follow their passion and just really embraced it and turned it into my career and, and so much more. Um, and the thing about that is that everybody and nobody ever thought, oh, she was a stripper or she dropped out of high school. Everybody thought, oh, she must be ex-military. And it's just like, you just can never underestimate the underdog. I just think that we all have this light inside of us and we really have to add fuel to it to make it glow brighter. And there's always people out there who are ready to try and douse that fire with water. And you just have to protect that and just kind of put a shield around it and just let it grow brighter where it doesn't matter how many people throw water on your fire, like they're never going to put it out, but you have to like constant, you have to find the fuel to do that. I think it's important to highlight you had a fear of flying, but somehow you were led to this coupon for a, a flight instruction. And then ultimately that fear of flying has led you to this passion and this lifestyle and something that I imagine you love doing. I do. I love doing it and it's challenging. And I would have, I would have just never, never in a million years thought that this was the, the route I would have gone. Never ever. And it still to this day amazes me how lucky I am for the opportunities that I've had. And, and I've worked really, really hard for them. And I, I still get judged. I mean, when I, I wrote a book uh, this last May, or it launched May, 2020, right when COVID was really coming, you know, full force, but it, some of the people who have read it, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback, but it's, and I'm brutally honest in this book and I lay it all out there. And I wrote the book primarily to inspire others to own their story and to not let their story own them. And it, and it took a lot of courage to just lay everything out or as much as I could without getting sued or something, you know, right. like without some things, but it, it just, it just came from the heart. And I think that it's, it's important to, uh, to follow your passion. Sometimes what you're the most afraid of ends up being the thing that you should be going towards. Well, and even that, if you don't go towards it, then that fear continues to have power and control over you. I love this story and I'm totally going to butcher it, 
But there's a story, Rory Vaden tells it very well, but about buffalo. And when a storm rolls in, the buffalo don't turn their back and try to run away from the storm. The buffalo turn, they face the storm and they go at it. So I guess my message would be is like to be that buffalo, to, you know, get in touch with that internal lion that we all have. And I believed, I truly believe that we are powerful beings and that we can have, be, and do anything we desire. We're the only one holding ourselves back. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Something else you shared with me, I asked you, I was like, what do you think individuals are capable of? What did you say? I said that individuals are capable of anything that they can imagine. So what, however creative or vast their imagination is, they can turn that into a reality. That's what I truly believe that really we're limitless. Well, and I've heard that said another way that everything currently that we can see and experience in life was actually created twice once in the imagination and then once externally. So think about like the Wright brothers, they had this idea, this imagination that we could fly and they probably were people thought they were crazy. But without Absolutely. the Wright brothers, I mean, so I just, you know, like I go ahead. I know I was going to say you're absolutely right. I think, I mean, everything you're right that everything that we see, I mean, we're talking uh, like via zoom, you know, I mean, from our cell phones to our stoves, even, I mean, everything started as a thought, as an idea. And I'm sure that people were laughed at and criticized, but now it's, I mean, look how valuable it's been. And it all started in someone's head. And for those listening or watching that they, they kind of feel like that underdog or they're like, man, I really have this passion, this desire, this drive to do fill in the blank, but I'm scared or I don't feel worthy or all these self-limiting beliefs are weighing heavy. What do you want to tell them? I want to tell them that every decision you make either moves you towards or away from your goal. And your thoughts, like you can either allow it to empower or destroy you. And it's your choice. You, you make the choice Mm -hmm. and that's so important. It's, it's your life and it's your life to lead and you can, you make what you want to make out of it. You shared with me, uh, and I hope I don't mess this up for you, but there were four different bullet points you gave me. I, I have to pull up what the question was. But the four things you shared were, and I don't know if these are like key tools or takeaways on on how to stay that forward focus, forward momentum, but you said, number one, keep moving forward. Yes. So keep moving forward. Um, A good comparison here is that I did, I, I never enjoyed running. I was diagnosed with skin cancer in my late thirties. And I remember when I got the call from the doctor, because I travel a lot. So often they they're able to give us news over the, the phone instead of having to come in. And I was near a park and I just started running. I was just like, God, I cannot believe like I've come so far and now I have to battle this. I felt a little bit of that victim mentality, but I just started running and I thought, God, I feel so amazing and incredible. And the moment that you realize some of your health could be um, at risk, it just felt so good to be alive. And what I ended up doing with that is I ultimately ended up running marathons and training for ultra marathons. And that keep moving forward is it's just like when I'm 
running a race or even just getting on a treadmill or outside on the trails, one foot forward, like just keep moving forward. Like that's, that's all you have to do. It's like the, the, the action creates confidence. You know, that's one thing I tell myself is just take the action. And even if that just means getting one foot out the door or making that one phone call or whatever it is, just keep moving forward. The second step you said was 1% better each day. Mm -hmm. 1% better each day, because just think how much better you could be in 30 days, you know, or even in 10 days, you know, it's 10% better. It's like, just, just try and just be 1% better. Doesn't, doesn't mean you have to be a hundred percent better. You don't have to feel overwhelmed by it, but if you could just set your goal on that 1%, it makes all the difference when you look back and cumulatively the difference it makes. Yeah. And I love that because this is such a great visual. It's like, how, how do you eat an elephant one mm-hmm. bite at a time? Or I remember training and running my marathon How? oh my gosh, right? 26.2 miles feels like forever. How do you yeah. one step at a time? Like just yeah. go, how do you train for that one run at a time? This third step you shared was, um, and maybe you already touched on this, but toward or away. Mm-hmm. So if yeah, every decision you make either moves you towards or away from your goal. And I think that that's where some of that mindfulness comes into play. Rather it's, you know, you make a decision to go out and, you know, I, I don't know, like have beers with your friends, but like, you've got to go train in the morning, you know, is that going to move you, you know, the next morning, are you going to feel good enough to go on this run or, you know, are you going to, sit on the couch and watch, uh, I don't know, binge Netflix for six hours, as opposed to going out and making some meaningful phone calls or maybe, you know, whatever it may be, but it's just every small little thing that we do, we just have to be mindful if it puts us in the direction and not to say if you're, you know, you end up saying, okay, I'm not going to eat junk food. And then you eat like an Oreo cookie. It's not, I mean, we're, we're human. And I think that everything in moderation, but overall, I think if you can at least do 80% of your decisions will either move you away or towards, but you just have to be aware of what you're doing. Cause so many times we just make decisions that we are just reactive as opposed to like, we talk about in the flight scenario, we don't anticipate how this is going to affect the, the future flight or the future Heather, you know, yeah. we just have to be aware. That's the whole proactive versus reactive. Exactly. The fourth thing you shared was that your setbacks can actually propel you into amazing comebacks. Yes. So I think that the setbacks, are the perfect setup for the best comebacks. So when you experience a setback, it doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. It just means that that wasn't the way it was supposed to work out. So you shift and move things around a little bit and you just come back even stronger. Um, when I was doing some leadership consulting, I had sort of come up with this acronym, it was called RISE, and it was like realign, innovate, strategize, and excel. And it's just like, okay, you just realign, you innovate, you find find a way, you make a strategy, and you just excel. And, and just keep like, that's just the shift. And when sometimes you get knocked on your ass, like really hard, and you're bumped up and bruised, it just 
makes you all the tougher to get through and push through the next time. I love that. And even, well, I love acronyms, but rise, it makes, yeah. oh, it's like, it's this positive rise again, get up again that, and I love, you know, that failure is not final unless you decide right. it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the only way to really fail that, you know, with 100% certainty is that you're going to fail is if you don't even try. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. So I have a question for you because we've touched on a lot of different things today. What is one key takeaway you want listeners to get? I want them to get that like one really, really important lesson is about owning their story, not letting it own them. I think that that's the most important takeaway from this and not to let others uh, put out your flame. I think that that's a a big thing. Um, I think that in a world that has so much noise and so much criticism, it's easy to feel insecure and fall victim to that. And I just want people to know that it's how you use your story. You have the power, you know, you can either let it empower you or destroy you. The, The choice is really yours. And I want to ask you this. I know that your training will have in, uh, in 2022 next summer, but you're going to be running an 80, 80 mile race, right? 80 miles as a fellow runner. I've never gone that distance. What, what kind of mindset, like, what do you tap into? Cause 80 miles is far. So as an ultra runner, what is it? So, so as an ultra runner, I, when I first started running, I, sort of came up with this. It wasn't running for myself. It was running for others. So I have this nonprofit. It's called Run Ucate. Think like run plus educate. It's like Run Ucate. And it was, it's to raise awareness for adult literacy. And when I go out there, I just dig in and I just think, what am I doing this for? And it's like, I'm, I'm doing it to make myself better and to prove to myself that I can, and it makes other things in life easier to tackle. And then also for others to sort of be inspiration to them too, because it's hard, like it is hard to run. And I'm going to tell you, I don't always enjoy running. I mean, straight up honest, you know, I mean, sometimes I wake up and I look at my training plan and I'm just like, oh, bleep. Like, I definitely don't want to be doing this. This sounds like this is going to be hard. And what I just tell myself is it's just like, dig in, just dig in. And at the end of it, you're never going to regret doing it, you know? And, and that's really, I just tap into whatever I have. And, and often what I have is I tap in, like if I have any frustration or fear about something, it's, I tap into that and just sort of turn it around and turn it into fuel to just like push through. I think, if you can do hard things on the end of it, it just makes you just all the stronger. So, you know, I'll, I'll be trying to think about this moment when I'm like at mile 10 and then 40 and then, you know, probably every single mile, to be honest with you, Heather, you know? Well, and I used to, I used to say, let fear fuel you, not rule you. And for me, I actually, I don't even feel in stride until about four miles. So it takes me four miles. I'm pushing through a shit ton of discomfort and like a lot of, I call it mind fuckery 
to get through those first few miles. And then, and then it's that runner's high that we all love. I like I'm in stride. I'm in flow. Business ideas are coming my way. Uh, inspiration, just, I don't know, but it takes that discomfort to break through, but it's so worth it. Well, it is. And that's a good point that you bring up is, is that, and it comes to that, just getting started, right? Like the first couple steps are hard, you know, so the first four miles or the first 10 steps or whatever it is. And once you can break through that barrier, it starts to become a little easier. Like your mind knows like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. Okay. Like this, this we've committed, we've made a decision. I think it's, I, I, it might be Tony Robbins, but it's like, you don't negotiate with your mind. You just say like, this is what we're doing. And you just go out there and do it. And I, I think that that's, that's great. It, it takes everybody a little bit of time. Or even Mel Robbins, she's big on the five second rule. And that entire book could yeah. be paraphrased into like a sentence or two. But literally, it's all about, you're right, you don't give time to negotiate, to talk yourself out of it. Five seconds, go. Five seconds, go. Get out of bed, put your shoes on. There's no time to think about it, to question it, to delay. Go. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, she, she does like the five, four, three, two, one, go, yep. right? Like she's so- like a rocket ship. And that was, that was her driver. So love it. I'd love to wrap up the interview. And I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. First one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Oh, geez. Um, a quote or motto that I live by. Oh, that's a tough one, Heather. I would say that, um, gosh, I still think it's, I still think it's just 1% better every day. Yeah. I think that that's something I really live by. I agree. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? A book that I'm currently reading um, is called Frequency. It's actually right over here. And I don't know who it is by. I'd have to look at it, but it's called Frequency. And it's just about your energy and in terms of like the frequency that you put out there. Um, it just sets the tone. It's sort of a conversation we had earlier about uh, quantum physics and string theory and stuff like that, that the energy that you put out is also energy that seems to come back to you. Like attracts like. Yes. I'll have to check that out because I, I love yeah. that stuff. All right. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? The advice that I would give my younger self is to have listened to my inner voice a little more and the warning signs. I, I like the warning voice that we hear that we just stifle down and we still continue to, to do things that we know probably do not serve us or others. And uh, I would just tell her to pay attention to that voice and have confidence that that voice was, was giving good advice. Yeah. And what a great note to end on. Courtney, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.